welcome back to another episode of On the Break. Tonight we have, uh, I don't know, I haven't even been to the locker room yet. Edition, Josh the Vanilla Gorilla here with J-Mac and Kyle Beats. How's it going, boys? <laughs> What's going on, man? What up, Kawhi? How's it going, man? <laughs> That's my, I, we need to be, um, I need to be able to cut his voice in and uh, put it into our, into our um, intro there. Because, man, he's got, some, he's got some good ones. Did you guys see that interview with him? It was great, dude. You, I will say your Kawhi voice is better than your Charles Barkley voice. No, that's definitely <laughs> that's true. Not saying a whole lot. Low bar, but still. That's definitely true. I mean, Kawhi doesn't step up to the plate much, but whenever he does, he just hits absolute dingers every time. I mean, he really does. Yeah. He doesn't every, miss. Every time he does an interview that's you know high, being like highly televised, it's always just a complete meltdown. Like this guy can't be the face of any products. Like, does he endorse anything? Like, let's think about that for a minute. Like, I think he actually does endorse New right? Balance, right? Okay. Yeah. Have you, how many New Balance Kawhi commercials you seen this playoffs? <laughs> Not many. He you know what I'm saying? Like, I see, I see Steph Curry and car commercials and uh, James Harden and Chris Paul and State Farm. It's like, you don't see Kawhi doing anything, but he doesn't really have the personality for it. You know what the cool kid commercial is right now? It's Hulu. Yeah. Hulu has the best commercials and they get the Such, best so great. The best personalities for that, dude. The Joel Embiid one just has me dying. When he's like he signs his basketball for this little kid and he puts Joel, Hulu has live sports Embiid. And the little <laughs> guy goes, Mr. Embiid, why'd you change your nickname? And he looks down really heartfelt and he goes, Money. Money. <laughs> I I love that. That's so great. So honest. You know, they just keep saying Hulu has live sports. They're throwing stacks of do- stacks of hundreds at them. Yeah, that's so Did great. Did they really get that tattoo? I have no idea, man. I wouldn't put it past them. I don't I know. I don't know. I, it, what do you think that dollar amount for an NBA player that makes, what does they make, 30-something million a year? What is, like, the price tag that tat Hulu has live sports on you? Granted, he has, like, full sleeve, so he could probably work it in somewhere casually. Dude, there's zero chance that that's real. Zero chance. Zero? Zero chance. Would you want to walk around with that up for the rest of your life? They better be paying you an ass ton of money. And what if Hulu's... Well, that's the thing. It's like, for you and I, like, I, if somebody said, I'll give you a million dollars to tattoo that on your right arm, I would tattoo that on my that's right all? arm. That's all? For sure. A, a million bucks? For the, we invest a million bucks now. Think about how much it grows. What if Hulu's not around in 10 years? Then where are you at? It's going to be really A million dollars is still there, though. 10 years, yeah. Based upon 7, 7%. <laughs> that's $2 million now. But uh, Rule of 72 talk. Let's, rule of 72, yeah, baby. That's all that is. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, okay. he did get the tattoo. Oh, no way. I'm gonna, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm seeing. I feel like the Google machine might be lying to you. Yeah, it might be lying to me. But so... Don't quote us on this, listeners, but <laughs> Google Machine is telling me that he did get the tattoo. We'll we'll, we'll get more we'll get more information. Yeah, we'll let's look more let's put this in perspective though. Dame Lillard is going to get about 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 ninety million over the next three years, and then he's going to probably get you know forty million a year after that. Mm-hmm. So, granted, for somebody's salary that's thirty million a year, essentially, they ha- would have to pay him like close to that number, I would think. Oh yeah. No, you're paying him uh, everything. I mean, you it's like Giannis, like the you know, he we'll talk about it here in a little bit, but he unlocked the like ultra supermax or whatever the hell it's called to make like two hundred and fifty million dollars over five years. And yep. it's like one of those things where it's like you gotta pay the guy. Like there's no option. It's like Dirk, you gotta pay Dirk. There's not any not right. paying Dirk. 
other than the fact that Dirk was nice enough to take a salary cut for like a bunch of years, but most guys aren't like that. So I think that Dame's one of those guys where you've got to pay him. He's the face of your franchise. I'll say this. I agree 100%. Listeners, if you can get us to where we're doing this for a living without having to do day jobs, I'll be that dude that digs through digs through IRS stuff in order to find out how much uh, Hulu is paying Damian Lillard. I will be that guy. I'll bring you some crazy <laughs> stuff if you can get us there. Um, Love it. Um, Sam Amik from USA reported that the deal is smaller than Derrick Rose's $185 million deal. Uh <sighs> Derrick Rose got 185 million from Adidas. From Adidas yep. on 13 13 year contract. Yeah, that's oh, unfortunate. That's a bad deal. <laughs> that's real. Where's Derrick Rose going to be at 13 years? He's going to be the next Ty Lue or Jason Kidd. No shit, dude. I, I think, dude. Adidas I think that, cutting him a check. I honestly could see Derrick Rose retiring, and you never seeing him in the in NBA ever again. Yeah, like yeah. anywhere near it. I could see he that. Has, he has that kind of personality, right? For yeah, sure. Yeah. He, Kind of floats to the background, yeah. He was never one to like help recruit or anything like that. That was just never his style. That was never his thing. And I get it. Right. Some guys just aren't like that, you know? Well, so let's go back to Kawhi, which is what kind of opened up this conversation. Do you guys like his low-key and just, I mean, low-key is probably an understatement. His personality is so timid for not just an NBA player, but an NBA superstar. I like it. I'm all about it. I kind of I, I do too, but what's funny is I've made it known on here, and if I just list my favorite players, they're all pretty like loud, cocky, vocal. obnoxious dudes. Yeah, but I still, but I like Kawhi. I think it's just now that he's not a spur, I'm realizing how much I like him, and that's just bias. He playing playing its part. It's also a little bit different too because you just, it's almost like no news is good news with him, and so you're just you don't have to. Everything is up for wonderment, so there's no like wondering what he's gonna do. Is it's not like I think that the Kevin Durant decision is probably the biggest decision of the summer, aside from Kawhi. No, or yeah, uh, over I mean, over Kawhi. One A, one B, one A, one B. Yeah, I would say that too. But, I would I mean, say they're pretty equal. Durant's pretty ahead of that. I mean, ultimately, he's older. I get that, but I mean, he's gonna be the thing that's talked about all summer long. And okay, yeah. From what's covered more. KD, yeah. if you're yeah. asking me, like, who who's a bigger sign? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's another conversation we can yeah. have. Yeah, no, KD bit, will get more coverage than Kawhi. It's going to be covered more because he's coming from the Warriors, though. Not necessarily because he's a better player than Kawhi. Right, right. It's because he's from, it's one, because he's from the Warriors. Two, because of the fact that he's had fake burner accounts, that he's much more outspoken on Twitter, and you don't hear anything about Kawhi. Kawhi is just like a robot that goes, like, eats, goes to, goes to practice, puts up shots, works with the trainers, goes to sleep. Like, that dude lives definitely a regimented life. But Yeah, for sure. Honestly, like, I'd rather sign Kawhi, not only for the fact, like, you could argue Katie's a better player. If you tell me Kawhi is, I'm, I wouldn't find that absurd. I would give the slight, slight nod to KD. But throw out the fact Kawhi's a better defender, throw out the fact that he's younger, I would sign Kawhi because he just brings less bullshit to the table. Oh, yeah, that's certainly the biggest upside with him more than anything else is the fact that he's and just going to be there to play basketball. Right. Right. And because Kevin Durant, I don't necessarily think Kevin Durant's a bad guy. He's just done some dumb stuff. That's brought a lot of negative attention to him, but it's like, you can't unwrite that. So the fact that you've done that and you are most likely going to go to a major market, regardless if it's New York or somewhere else, you're probably going to be in a big market. And if it's New York or something like that, it is, they are going to beat your ass up. And then if Kawhi goes out to the West coast, with his personality, such a better fit. I just think that's a much better situation. 
for sure. Let's, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Josh. I, I haven't seen KD learn from his mistakes, honestly, off the court. Um, obviously, you have to learn from your mistakes to get better on the court, and he does that. He's great at that. But I haven't seen him learn from his mistakes off the court very often. And there's no – he's like – like he's the perfect villain because he just keeps doing stuff that pisses you off, you know? Like LeBron James was the villain whenever he went to Miami, but apart from yes. the – apart from the uh, decision and then him being just super cocky with Dwayne Wade, that was the only thing that he had to hate on him, you know? He learned from those decisions, though. Like, Mm -hmm. he definitely did. Like, LeBron definitely didn't do that a a second time, third time, fourth time. Right. Right. I mean, his signing with the Lakers might have been the most understated thing I've ever seen. Right. He just dropped it on Twitter. Yep. And and KD, like, it's one thing to not learn from your mistakes when you're, you know – a two-year rookie and you're you're 20 years old or 22 years old, 21 years old, whatever the case may be. You're a young guy, right? You're still learning. Katie's 30. Like you right. got to be learning. You got you're a grown man. You got to be learning from it at that point. Right. No doubt about that. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about where we think they're going to go here in just a few minutes because I think that's that's a whole other conversation that I think is. I mean, it's yeah. been buzzing lately. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll touch on free agency after we kind of go through everything. But I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about the each conference finals. We can start with the West first. But I mean, since we're on the topic of KD, before we kind of recap the uh, ass whooping the Warriors put on the Blazers, let's talk about the the KD you know, injury and, and absence and where you guys at, are at with that. Because last time we talked, it was 2-0, right? Yeah. And we knew the Warriors were going to win that series. We didn't know in how many games, but like – what five and zero now without KD, and they just continue to look a, like a little bit better. Uh, I would say Game Three of this series is probably their best game, but in Game Four, it's like they still found a way in OT when the Blazers gave them every, you know, last punch that they had. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what like. Obviously, KD comes in, you throw him right back in, and you do your thing. But you gotta love how this team's playing without him. My thing is that. I think that once the Warriors saw that they got Portland in that round, they were like, brother, you can take all the time you need. We will be just fine. And, I mean, you can forget you even play basketball here for a couple of weeks and just take your time getting this thing better. And so I think that they've been slow playing it for for the sheer reason that they know that they can handle everything without having to worry about it. And they did. They cruised right through them with no problems whatsoever. And, I mean, that includes several times where they were in like 17, 15 point holes and pulled out of them every single time to come back and win them. I mean, those, those were pretty damn good games overall. Yeah. I mean, they were down in game two, three and four. It's just the championship pedigree versus the, I got swept in the first round and I've never been to a conference finals pedigree. That's what, that's what the difference was. Right. The, the Blazers, round. the Blazers dropped 17 point lead, 18 point lead and a 17 point lead to close out the series. Right. Right, that's horrible. Um, that's a lot of. To be honest with you, I a lot of that is Terry Stotts, yeah, like coaching. coaching. For sure, you can't let that happen. Um, it, it's also the fact that like their backcourt does all of their scoring, but they're not defensive. Like the backcourt on Golden State is, dude. Clay is. I've been saying this for years. <laughs> Clay is the most underrated player in the league. He's so, like, I mean, how, how good was the defense on the final shot of the of Game Four? Yeah, like, game's taking a, a fadeaway. Granted, you know, he's six inches shorter, but I mean, Clay's hand is just picking his nose, man. It's just right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't Dude, do guy, any more than that. Yeah. That would be like if you packed Clay Thompson, is if you packed Steve Kerr into a six foot six body and made him an elite defender. 
Like he's so <laughs> flipping good, dude. Yeah. Um, that and that guy's when Steph doesn't show up, like I, I'll never forget that game three. Was it game three whenever they went back? No, it was game two. Um, it was the game that they that they fouled Steph almost out. Like they had two fouls on him in the first five minutes of the game. Yeah, he, I was, think was, dumb shit. he, he was doing really dumb shit though. He was Steph. Yeah, he's just being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to um, yeah. defend Steph or anything like that. He was doing really stupid stuff. He always does that on defense. He's always really reckless. He never really plays sound defense. He comes up with a lot of steals because he's reckless. But at the same time, you can call a foul on that at any time. I texted you guys and said, "Game's over." When he went to the bench. Clay carried them through the entire first half. Sure did. And Steph gets all the credit for that game. Like everybody cites <laughs> Steph going off for and granted he had 21 points in the fourth quarter, but dude, Clay carried them that entire first half and he carried them on the defensive side of the ball besides Draymond because he was having to shut down Dame, you know. So that guy is unbelievable, man. Um some whoever picks him up this year is going to get significantly better. I Well, it's it's going to be Golden State. He's going to be yeah. back at Golden State. I'm So I mean at this point do you put so I mean I heard I keep hearing mixed things about whether KD is going to be available for game one I've heard that he's going to be out for sure but I've also heard otherwise and I heard I, that he's out but I've heard he's out the first two games yeah but heard, yeah. Steve Kerr's really danced around it in every press conference and every media <laughs> thing he's done le- recently I just everybody is making this out to be like he blew out his Achilles, and I just don't th- think it seems that bad. Ultimately, <laughs> he definitely didn't blow off his Achilles. No, he wouldn't have walked blown out his Achilles. He wouldn't have walked himself to the uh, locker room the way he did, and right been able to put that much pressure on it. That's what people are making Josh, it sound like, though. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Josh is right. I think the Warriors move kind of like the Patriots at this point. Like they're going to downplay the injury. Um, you know, I think ESPN and a lot of other people that are pushing that it's more than what the Warriors are trying to make it. I think that's just trying to get a story. I don't think he's that injured. Um, and I, cause I don't think he would be doing nearly as much talking as he's been doing on Twitter right now to Chris Broussard, but uh, sure. good for him. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> fuck Chris Broussard, man. I hate that fucking guy. I'll, I'll take that guy to task any fucking time. That guy sucks. So I would Br- like to see Chris Broussard and Kevin Durant in a ring together and just one of them. <laughs> the shit I don't care which one, but <laughs> Much I'm, like I'm going to lay pretty heavy on KD right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but for sure. Chris Broussard, the worst guy that covers the NBA? Oh, hands down. Hands down really? the worst. Okay. Or, yeah, I think so. But, okay, so... They're, we say they're we, all kind of sycophants. They, they definitely are, but he's... God, he's the worst. Yeah. But so, say we get to game one, do... I mean, and he's healthy, he's ready to go. Or let's just say he's... I mean, I don't see that the, them even considering putting him in if they go up like 2-0 in that series, right? But if they go down like 0-1, he's going to probably play that second game. Yes. So the and difference is 70%. Right. Because that's still just 70% of Kevin Durant, which is a hell of a lot to deal with. Better than Alfonso McKinney. True. So here's here's my fear. Um, the difference between – because regardless of whether I like a player or not, you never want to see anybody hurt. Sure. Uh, I, you don't want to see that. Um, the difference between a grade one sprain, which is just a, a stretch of your calf and a grade two sprain, which is a partial tear of your calf in recovery is a grade one is seven to 10 days is what normal doctors will say. A grade two is four to six weeks. We're past the seven to 10 day, uh, time limit. And they're saying that he's out for the first two games, or I've heard rumors that he's out for the first two games. We could be looking at a true tear of his, of his calf. And if that happens, he's not coming back for the finals. Yeah, but so, why rush him, I think, is the way that they look at this. I really think that that's true. 
It feels yeah. that way. Well, what what day? Did, what, where are we at, Josh? Because that was game five game. of the Houston series. What what was that? Two and a half, two weeks ago. Yeah. So the thing that you just said, the four to six weeks for a grade two, which is a partial tear to recover, is mm-hmm. you have to think about the fact his timeline is lower than that because of him being with NBA trainers. That's for that's yeah. for me or you. It would take four to six weeks. He's looking thought, at two to four. I thought I saw within within NBA players the forty six weeks. I, I can't remember the exact. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know. Don't hold me to that. I, that's what I thought I was reading though. So if if that's the case though, uh, let's just hypothetically let's say he's out. Doesn't change my mind. I'm roll, I'm rolling champs. Yep. Same dude. I, I'm starting to feel that way. Honestly, like because I I called. It made sense to me like that. Their their bench was so flipping thin before the when KD went down. They were playing people. They were bringing thirty five minutes off the bench and seven minutes for their seventh guy. And then they just did the opposite and rolled eleven deep. And Kerr almost said, "I can't trust any of these guys to play more than twenty minutes, so I'm just going to play all of them." And they they've played out of their minds. So they've pl- they've squashed every single thing that I've said would happen. Not by anything that you could actually predict, but just by the fact that they overcame they overcame what they were weren't supposed to be able to do, right? Um, but the, but the thing is, like the thing about that is, and, and Josh, you've been saying this for a while too, is Kevin Durant doesn't really fit on that team specifically. They he just happens to be one of the best players in the world at the game, so it doesn't matter. But there are too many times where I mean, what we're watching is pr- is great, pretty basketball, right? Like it's. Yeah. Everything you could ask for in a team. I mean, it's the most perfect thing I think that exists as far as basketball goes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And so it, what it looks like is Kyrie Irving on the Boston Celtics, except for you have somebody that's ten times more talented than Kyrie Irving being Kyrie Irving. Exactly. Right? And so right. And so you're moving the ball around and typically, you know, Draymond would kick out to Steph for Clay for a three, something like that. And all of a sudden you're kicking it into KD's hands for a long two, which is fine, but it's kinda like, well, we could have had three there. I mean, it worked out fine because he still scored the points, and I guess that's all that really matters. But you know what I mean? It just it doesn't flow like it does right now with it, without him on the court. That's what I was arguing last episode. The chemistry is just better without him. It sure Their is. talent is not. Correct. Yeah. Are you – so I'm going to say something that I, I've been I've – been, I, I had somebody walk up to me and, at work. I had somebody walk up to me and ask me this question, and I literally I looked at him and answered him please step 10 feet away from me right now. Like, just go away. (laughs) Oh dear. Are the warriors better without KD than they are with him? No, no. Ultimately. No, 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 No. but that's what all the talking heads are saying is that they look better. You know, here's what they do better. (laughs) No, you can't take the best player in the world. It'd be off your team and get better. I know. I didn't know that works. Even if you want to say it's even because the chemistry is better and the ball flows more. Maybe. Whatever, think that. I still don't even necessarily agree with that, but that's more arguable. They're not better without him. Like, no. Fuck out of here. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Steph and Clay are better without him. Draymond's way better without him. It's prettier basketball. And this kind of shows us like what KD has been denying us watching for three years, which is frustrating. But what does happen is you wear out the other team more because the other team, instead of everybody sitting there and watching KD do this isolation and beat, beat one guy, the other team's having to chase Steph, or Steph and Clay around the entire time and having to make exactly. multiple rotations. Yeah. So you do, you do have a chance of wearing down people faster and getting them more tired. They're not better. Right. But 
I mean, this, this man's a finals MVP, you understand. Like, what, what are you talking yeah. about? These people astound me they are saying this. Yeah, astound exactly. Me. Here's what I will say. This team, without KD, is not relying on one player. So if KD has a bad game, there's a very good chance the Warriors could lose. If any one of these guys have a bad game, they're going to be moving the ball around to where other people are going to have a chance to, to do something, you know? So yep. it's, it's different basketball, sure. and it's beautiful basketball, and it's what – People, it, it's like the Spurs, but to the next level. What the old Spurs were, but to the next level. That's a really good comparison. Yeah, That's the great. old Spurs ran this ran this type of offense, but they did it for mid range jumpers instead of threes. God, ten. But that was, was that so was good. that was fine at that time because you only yeah. need to score like eighty nine points to win a game. Right, but, right. I love the the mid two man. There's something about it. it's just gorgeous. You just don't see it enough anymore. The legal the legal the Rip Hamilton. Don't worry for sure. Oh yeah, the, le- the legal <laughs> swing back to it. Don't worry. Oh yeah, no doubt. I just miss it. So, so okay, does your, does your boy have a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I try not to drop that on too many people. No, I'm just you have like, a podcast we, with we, over a hundred listeners. Yeah. What we should <laughs> no. just do is bring bring him on here. Yeah, and, uh, we'll learn him. Like, we think you should be on on it, and let's hear what he has to say. Maybe he'll just like blow our minds and convert us. But what most he likely will, will happen is we'll just all three just beat him up on here and he won't talk to you anymore <laughs> and we'll lose I, a bunch of listeners <laughs> i do a I do a really bad job of uh listening to other people's um opinions on stuff and i need to be better at that and i should have i should have listened to what he had to say instead of just saying i need you 10 feet away from me right now so i, I now think that you want to do that i want to talk to you about this guy named zion williamson real quick okay yeah, okay no. okay i'm, I'm all yours. <laughs> and, and josh right, for no. the record i still think you did the right thing regardless yeah. of of hearing somebody else out that's a ridiculous take it really yeah. is Okay, well, he so, just asked me a question. He didn't. Even, he didn't even say that. Right, right, that he, right. Was. he just asked me the question. But just to but infer is that like, is, is is insane. It's crazy because the thing is, it's like okay, with KD on the Warriors, what has been the net result? What's been the result the last two years? Championship, championship. So if they win a championship this year, it's like you can't be like, oh well, they won it without KD. It's like they fucking won it with KD too. Right. What are you talking about? So he's, he's been perfect since they got there. Let me ask you this: Do you? Do you think that he's made up his mind of what he's going to do, or do you think he doesn't know yet? As I think far he's as next gone. Year, you think he's gone? I think he's gone. Yeah. Like, I think I, he's maybe gone whether he's made up it. his mind maybe or not. Yeah, um, exactly. Perfect. He maybe has not made up his mind. Like, there's that little bit holding on there. Maybe I should stay here type thing and prove myself or just stay here and win championships. But uh, I just think he's gone. You got to consider the fact that, I mean, look at what's happening right this second. He looks around. He's saying, you know what? This team's good enough to win with me and without me. Why break that up? Like, you're not going to go to yeah, a New York. Yeah. What What is New York? Like, I, I know I've harped on this a ton, but what do they have to offer him? Kevin Knox to play with? I mean, there there's not. Well, Frankie, Frankie uh, Nila Quinta. Right. The Tilakina. Yeah, you don't have like, yeah, go with Frankie Smokes. You don't have like, uh, you just don't have that kind of cast. And so like, I, I guess it's just like what he looked for in free agency last time was he wanted to play beautiful ba- basketball. He wanted to play in a system where he didn't have to be the guy, but he could also plug in really well. And that's what he found in the Warriors. I don't know why you would leave that necessarily. Yeah. I mean, if you I go think- to... New York is going to be like four four bench players you're starting with, a bunch of G leaguers on the bench, and James Dolan yelling at people, and, and maybe Kyrie Irving, which will average thirty four a year. That's true. I think the best of the best want to be the guy, um, and want to be far and away the guy. Um, I think that that's why Kyrie left Cleveland. 
um, because he wanted. Yeah, he did a real good fucking job of being the guy in Boston. I'll tell you. Yeah, Uh, he still wanted it, and he still made that decision because of that. Um, I think that I mean that's why Kawhi left. Like you just saw the, I think it was Snoop Dogg that has conversations with Kawhi, and he came out and he said, you know, the reason why he left was because he felt like he was still being uh, treated like a like a rookie. Um, and he came out and said that um, he didn't feel like he was appreciated enough. Like even somebody as mild mannered as Kawhi wants to be the guy um, at times. So I, that's my big reason for why I believe that KD will win because I think you guys are exactly right. I do, I don't think that the league will ever or the NBA community will ever think that he is as great as he is. And I've gone so far as to say he might be he might be number seven of all time, but people won't treat him like a top ten player. Um, but I think that he realizes that in order to go to go and be the guy or he, he needs to go and be the guy somewhere else so that he can cement his legacy as one of the greatest of all time. That's what I think is going through his head. And the way that he has argued with people in the public light about everything that they say, they say he's arguing with people on social media about all this stuff seems to me the actions of a very defensive insecure person in regards to his decision honestly in which case why would you in which case why would you want to go to new york and be the face of the franchise and be getting fucking grilled and murdered every night because it's going to be one of those things if he goes to the knicks years one and two are going to be really fun but years three four and five are going to get really terrible really quickly look yeah i mean that's that's a logical that's a logical stance I, i just don't think kd sees it that way I think that he just wants to go and be the guy somewhere. I think he wants to prove people right. wrong. Like you're both the thing is you're both right, Justin. Like New York will be a mess. I'm with you 100% on that. I've been on that I've been of sure. that mi- mindset the whole time. But yeah. Josh is also right. Like that's what KD wants wants to do. So cuz if you think about it from a legacy standpoint, if we look back cuz recent recency bias is so strong. It's like look back 10 years after the player retired and see what your thoughts are. So when we're going to look back at KD and see how great he was winning scoring titles in OKC and how far he got and then made the jump to Golden State, okay, hung out there and won two or three titles, a few titles, MVPs, and then goes to New York. And if he can win a title or two there, I know you, you're you of the mindset that that's not possible, which it's not. currently it's it is not. absolutely not. It's not possible. Um, and that ownership has shown me nothing. Yeah, I don't trust that situation, but hypothetically – and this is what he's banking on because he trusts his ability. And that, and Josh is right. He has that I'm the greatest mindset is if he goes to New York and can win a title there, it'll eat just one and still, you know, average 28 points a game for five years. That is going to make his legacy stronger. In Look, my opinion. Turn that around, though. What happens if he goes to New York? It's a complete fucking dumpster fire. And Golden right. State continues to win championships. That looks way worse on his legacy than Agreed. leaving yes. in the first place. There's, this is a lose-lose situation no matter what happens. That's definitely for sure. Like, he's not going to go anywhere where the media is going to be off his back and all that. That's just not possible. That's just no, not, not how not this works. Not when you're that good of a player. The exactly. The media going to be off your back. Um, and Clippers have also emerged as a front runner as well in the KD sweepstakes, which will actually be a lot better for him. I like that situation a lot, actually. A That's lot. a hell of a team. And there's no big names on that team besides maybe Lou Williams. Dude, if they get so KD work wide, yeah, that's that that'd be perfect for him. If I was him, I'd be going there. Um, but I, I think you're like I think I think you're exactly right, Justin. But I don't think that he thinks that that he just wants to go prove. Well, here, let me let me and tell to you, what, you, to be one of the best of the best, you have to think that way. You have to think there's no way that I'm going to go here and fail. Like 
failing is not in your mindset, right? So Yeah, but uh, if you don't have the supporting cast, it doesn't matter what your mindset is, and that's the problem. I agree, but he doesn't think that way, I don't think. Um, well, I don't know what he why I did disagree with that, that take, though, that it actually hurts his legacy. I think it hurts it in the short term, but not the long term, because let's, let's look 30 years down the road, like our kids' kids, right? Like, they're not going to have seen Kevin Durant play. It's going to be a Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain type situation. Like we consider Wilt one of the best, right? We never saw him play a game and he went one and eight in championships. So if Kevin Durant, if we're just looking, because all the, anyone's going to look at is what's his resume. Oh, he's got four scoring titles, three finals, two finals MVPs, and he averaged 28 and eight for his career. It's like, that's what they're going to look at. So he's already, because he already has the two, potentially three titles, it gives him more leeway to take that risk to go to New York to win one more. If he had no titles, he would, he would need to stay. I get that, but he's going to be able to continue to build on that resume in the situation he's in right now. I still think there's a strong chance he stays there, and I don't think okay, people so see that coming. But I think I guess they would have to. I guess they would have to either drop Clay or Dre. Yeah, yeah, that's sure what that's I was going to say. Coming. I guess they drop Clay, but if they so if Kevin Durant hypothetically did stay and went on a tear for, let's say he gets to six rings and he continues to be the scorer that he is for the next three years. Mm-hmm. They win a championship this year, and then they win three more in a row. So that's, what, six and seven years? And he, he continues to be the score. Is he greater than Michael Jordan? Yeah. Well, certainly. I, I, I think so. Yeah. Six, <laughs> six and seven, when you're getting when you're getting buckets like that against these defensive players and this kind of double teaming, yeah. it's, dude, it's absurd. Yeah, but, I don't think that's a question. Well, Everybody no, I think it's a question. Say. I don't think you could just say he's better than Jordan because everyone's getting – is that what you're about to say, Josh? That's exactly what I'm going to say. Everybody's going to say Jordan didn't have the two best shooters of all time on their, on his team. Sure. Everybody will say that in, in the same he way. Also that he played in a league where there was not nearly as much talent. Right. I mean, not even for yeah. close. For sure. Like, I'm not – like, I'm not I, – I just said he would be greater than Jordan. But here's what people will say. He yeah. didn't have to ask for a trade. He didn't have to go sign with the, with the greatest yep. team of all time. Like, there's yep. – there's too many. That's why it's so dangerous for him to stay with the Warriors if he's trying to be the greatest of all time. Is because there's too many excuses for him not being greater than Jordan. absolutely and but, not being greater than LeBron. But the places that he would have to go to be the guy, like LeBron, when he went back to Cleveland to be the guy again, is that that list is really short. I mean, what is he going to do? Yeah. Go to the Suns? Could you imagine what that would be fucking like? That'd be yeah. terrible. That, that would be worse than New York, honestly. It would be so much worse. It would be, you're not going to get any free agents. It'd be great to watch, though. I mean... I, yeah. I also don't think that KD is so transcendent that he is far and away the guy there. Not talent-wise, but if you listen to stories about Jordan, like on the dream... Like people... Listen to people on the Dream Team talk about Jordan or people talk about LeBron... They talk about how when he walks in the room, everybody's eyes are on him. Right. Sure. Right. KD walks in. It, when you watch KD, his eyes are looking down and forward. He's not that big, transcendent, almost well, godlike figure that walks in the he's room. He's not right? Air like, Jordan either. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Nor, nor is he LeBron. Like, what I'm saying is he could go to – I think if he, him and Anthony Davis were on the same team, he would be the guy. I think if him and Giannis were on the same team, KD might be more talented, but I think more people might look at Giannis. I don't think that mm-hmm. that KD has that ability to walk into a room and just command the room. So then, like why wouldn't you stay in gold in in California in that case? Then, if you don't if you don't have that capacity to be that guy, and I guess it goes to your point, Josh, that he just doesn't see that in himself. And yeah, just you I mean, know, I, I I don't see because he just based upon what I see his interactions are on social media, I don't think he sees any of that. I think but, that he's just, He's trying to defend himself. 
That's true. No, and I get that. But, I mean, don't think that other players don't see this stuff that people say about them and do the same thing he does. He just doesn't yeah. do it as well. For sure. For sure. That's true. What if him and Kyrie are on the same team? Who uh, who do you oh, think? Oh, my the, God, uh, dude. Mm. That'd be dude, ugly. I think, I think they both are betas that believe they're alphas, and it would just be the most yeah. like teen, teen drama ever. They'd be pulling each other's hair and scratching each other's eyes. <laughs> as long oh, as dude, it doesn't happen on the Celtics, bad. I'm... Yeah, as long as it's not on the Celtics, I'm good. Oh, my God. I think that's exactly right. I think that he could pair well with Kawhi, but I think that for him to win championships, you have to have somebody like Draymond who's a true alpha and that people actually look to. So honest I was, if you get KD and Kawhi on the same team, you're, KD and Kawhi go to Phoenix, I think they win a championship. The Clippers would be able to do that if they moved that Gallinari contract, I'm pretty sure. And that would, that would free up two max yeah. spots for them. How do you move yeah. that? You could find a, a bad team to take that on. Just package give them, a bunch of picks. Yeah. Picks yeah. Re, re yeah. Three future first rounds or something. That's three the, future number 30 picks. That's got uh, <laughs> like that's got like Memphis written all over it. That's got, uh, you know, <laughs> the Suns written all over. Yeah, that that seems like a good, you know, organization move. Just yeah. take it. Yep. But they could sure. do that. So, they could definitely do that this summer. And that'd be huge. Could you imagine what that would shift the paradigm of the NBA big time? Oh, that would, would suck, dude. Let's uh, let's. Oh, I want to finish talking about. So, the Western Conference Finals was just let's just call it what it is—an ass whooping. Josh mentioned it earlier. I kind of want to elaborate on it a little bit more before we transition over to the East. Is Terry Stotts' coaching was bad? We've done nothing but defend him on here. But the thing is, is like you still run it back with him because you're not going to fire him and get a better coach at all. There are no better coaches than Terry Stotts on no. the market. No, but I think you do. I've switched my opinion from after game two, I think Portland may have to switch this up, even though I really like them. You're just signing up for a three to five seed and and you got to almost like roll the dice and take the risk reward factor of trying to move Dame or CJ, which I think are both pretty movable contracts. When you look at it, I think you have to move CJ. I don't think you can move Dame. That's the, the so the hard part is, is I agree with that because Dame is the fan favorite, but dude, that last series, like CJ was the better player. Certainly. Dame was hurt, though. Dame was hurt, yeah. Separated ribs and all that. That sounds terrible. I, I don't know what... The, so what do you do there? Because you're going to have Nurkic back at least. Right. But that's my point. So, so I'm trying to think... Of, you got Evan Turner on the books for like $18 million. That's fucking terrible. Oh, it's a terrible contract to have. Like, dude, there's so many guys making over $10 million on that team that should not be. Like, I mean, Nurkic should be making over $10 million, but Harkless, no... They're like twenty five. No. They're like twenty five percent over the cap, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They're one of the top four or five paid rosters, and I mean, Damian Lillard's contract goes up twenty twenty one. You're gonna have to, you know, if you keep him, you're gonna have to just give him, you know, two hundred twenty million or whatever, two hundred forty million, whatever inflation has it up to, and the CBA does at that point. You know, I would do this. <laughs> I would package CJ McCollum. And Nurkic for Solomon Hill and Anthony Davis. Solomon Hill. Yeah, that's Solomon one of the worst contracts in the league. So you take that off their books. They know they're going to lose Davis anyways. Okay. But you're trading CJ McCollum and Nurkic. Yeah, I mean, your team. Yeah, your team gets better. But what is? I, I don't why would, uh, I don't think that they would trade Nurkic, though. I really don't think that. I think he's a centerpiece uh, for what getting, they're trying to do. Getting, for Anthony Davis, I would. Yeah, yeah but for one year of Anthony Davis. This is a really um, well, controllable a, player here. 
he has a player option in 2020 as well. Um, so yeah, it is, it is just one guaranteed year. I would take, I would roll the dice on it. Actually, I would do one of two things. What's the would, player option for though? Do you know? 28, 27. Mm. 28, seven. So um, I would do one of two things. I would say the first thing that I would try to do is I would, if I was a GM, I would sit down with Terry Stotts and say, listen, you're a great, you're a great regular season coach. We've, you've proven that you're one of the best coaches in the league, but you got worked by Steve Kerr in a seven game series. And that was the first time that you've had to play against a, or this first time this, this year that you had to play against a team that was more talented than you. How are you going to get better from this? And I would, I would listen to his pitch. Like, how are you going to, what did you do wrong? What could you do better? How are you going to do better moving forward in a seven so, game series? So you're going to, you're, you're going to put him in a prison like that though. I mean, that's, that's kind yeah. of threatening to, to hang him to dry like that. And I get where you're coming from, but like that doesn't that's not a vote of confidence from your GM into your coaching no. staff. This isn't something that I do in public. This is something I do in private though. Um, <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> you can't well you can't let your the people that you're paying money to underperform and then say, yeah. Okay, yeah, I do it. I get that. I get that. Um, so I would sit down and have that conversation with him because he got worked by Steve Kerr in that series. But everybody gets worked by Steve Kerr. What do you mean? <laughs> Yeah, right. that, we just said he's a top five coach, but not swept. He's been swept. Sure. He's been swept three years in a row. But who do you go get? Yeah, it what do you do? It, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm going to sit down and have that conversation with him and say, okay. "How are you going to move forward?" Right. And I'm going to give him one more year. Um, well, they just extended him, so it. I mean, they obviously felt a different way about it. Well, they might have had that conversation anyways. I mean, yeah, we don't true. know. That's true. So, um. That's that's my number one thing, and then I roll with what I have and hope that Nurkic comes back. The Warriors split up more and better situation next next. If I don't like the things that uh, that I hear from Terry Stotts, which apparently they did not because the, or they did because they extended him. If they did have that conversation, then I I go for CJ. Try and get CJ for Anthony Davis. I try it. See if I can convince Anthony to stay. Like look what it worked out for OKC, right? They got Paul George to stay because they rolled the dice on this one year. So it's not something, and it's darn near looking like it could work out for Kawhi too. Well, I mm. think, I mean, if, I don't think Kawhi's staying in Toronto. Man, if they go to the finals, uh, it'd be hard to hard to leave that. But might get swept though. We but I know what you're saying. We don't really know how Kawhi feels, to be honest with you, about anything yeah, whatsoever. <laughs> I, dude, I would trade. I think I, what, what? So would you rather trade McCollum and Nurkic? For Anthony Davis or Solomon Hill, or would you just would you rather trade Dame for AD straight up? Well, you have to do what I just said to make the money work. Well, I thought Dame and no. AD made it the, made the same. Uh, Dame yeah. makes two mil more than AD, which I think does not allow them to actually go any deeper into. I the thought world. I thought it, that was. Uh, but Nurkic Dame ma makes more. Dame makes more, so it would reduce it by two mil. You're right. I'm sorry, but uh, Nurkic, yeah, so Nurkic makes less than straight up. Nurkic makes the same thing as Myers Leonard, and you could definitely swap those pieces. I'd rather keep Nurkic over Myers Leonard for the future of Portland. Yeah, but I don't yeah, think I don't they're think not going to CJ and Miles Leonard for Anthony. They're not giving you Anthony Davis. Yeah, they're not giving you Anthony Davis for CJ and Miles Leonard. Um, Why not? I mean, you're talking about a one year rental player. Like, I, I just think that we're yeah, overestimating. You've been, you've been really no, I'm talking about the focused on that, Justin, about yeah. the 80 part. It's like, I, I why think, is everyone willing to sell the farm when it's one year? But. I think Josh has a good point. You may – Anthony Davis is clearly impressionable, and if you do well, you may be able to get him locked in for four or five more years. But if you struggle 
mindset. If you have a year like Boston just had, where you weren't able to kind of turn the corner and really get things going for whatever reason, like I, I just use them as an example. The Sixers are kind of in the same boat. They had a little bit more steam than Boston did. But if you can't get things going, then yeah. he's going to have the opposite experience and he's going to fucking bolt. And then you just sold your, your team down the river for not much. He's got fucked by AD. But, yeah, I mean, I get, it's a possibility, but I, I think I like Josh's approach. And the, and the real reason is because, like, if you run Damon AD out there, that gives you a better chance to win a championship than your current roster. The risk-reward is higher. Like, you yeah. may win a championship. You may have an eight seed, and it just doesn't work yeah. out. But what we know for a fact is you run it back, Dame, McCollum, Nurkic, you know, Aminu Harkless, Leonard, this whole squad – you're not going to win a championship. You're not. In your no, I agree game. with that. I, I definitely agree with that part of it. The other thing that I would say to your point, Justin, um, would be that we're obviously thinking like fans, like it's championship or bust, right? I'm sure that they're thinking like, well, if we lose Anthony Davis, it's a stupid amount of revenue that we're going to lose from playoff appearances. Absolutely. Do we want to just do we want to just stay with CJ and Dame and just continue to go deep into the playoffs or maybe the second round of the playoffs and continue to have that revenue? That's what Oklahoma City did when they were they shipped out James Harden. It's true. Yep. That's a There's really good point. Business part of it. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, Whenever well, something seems fishy, just follow the money, and you can usually figure it out. That's, yeah. that's pretty pretty I obvious. Personally, I personally, if I'm a billionaire that owns the Trailblazers, I'm going championship or bust because I can give it. Like that's these yep. these these don't make money off of uh, yearly yearly stuff, right? You make right. money out of capital appreciation. I'm trying to win championships, but I'm not an owner. I'm not a billionaire. Maybe I'm, someday. <laughs> I'm just telling you guys that it's going to take way less to get this deal done than it seems like. Just saying, I'm, I'll, I'll die on that it's hill. Gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be like sixty cents on the dollar. I'm with you there, but dude, if you win it, bro, if you win a championship in a small market like Portland, and Josh, you know that, like if OKC won a championship, that means so much to those small market teams. That's true. You can sell that thing for five times what you bought it for. Yep, ten times, it's twenty times what you bought it for instantly. Yeah. Uh, let's. I think we've pretty much hit on everything on the the Western Conference Finals. We can kind of move over to the Eastern Conference, which has been. Much more entertaining, although it's not saying much. Uh, well, the Western Conference games were, were competitive somewhat, but you kind of knew it was going to happen in the end. This Eastern Conference final, though, is really turning out to be great. I'm um, feeling pretty cocky about my my Toronto pick right now. I had Toronto in seven, which may end up being right. I definitely want them to win tomorrow, though, because if they get beat uh, you know, on home court and have to go back to Milwaukee, it's a tough place to play for game seven might be a little more dicey for me and Kawhi is not a hundred percent. So it's like, I kind of want this series to just get over so he can heal up for sure. Kawhi looks like he's hurting, but he, oh, yeah. but he played out of his mind. And I mean, game. yeah, he, and he keeps claiming nothing's wrong. We're good. So I, I mean, you're icing your knee on the bench, like, or your quad on the bench and you're like grimacing. Yeah. But I mean, he's still playing out of his goddamn mind. So, I mean, Kawhi may be more hurt than KD. He's just, 50% robot, so it doesn't hurt nearly as bad. Right. Well, there's that in the fact that he doesn't have a team to put on, you know, to basically ride the backs of in the meantime. So that's definitely. Yeah, I guess Kyle well. Lowry's a little off Steph and uh, Norman Powell is a <laughs> clay. Yeah. Powell's been eating yeah. lunch out there, though. That guy's been He's eating awesome, it up. Man. That guy yeah. is the like the most overachieved performer in this series for sure. Him, Marcus Soul's up there for sure, too. Boy, that Mark, we were talking about it the other day in our group text. That Mark Gasol trade was passively yeah. one of the better trades Dude, that in the trade three deadline. He hit, I don't know if you guys were watching it down the stretch there. Uh, that three he hit uh, where I think Kawhi curled under the basket and 
made a quick pass and someone dished it to him and he hit a three that was contested near the end of the shot clock and it took the lead from like three or four up to six or seven and it was just a crucial crucial basket i was a dude i like that ad man they're they're a physical ass team i text y'all that like Giannis is one of the most physical players in the league He's been uh, shut the hell down Eric, by that, though. Eric Bledsoe is a big guard, and he, he can't even be on the floor in this game. But God. Malcolm Brogdon, like, they have athletic, physical dudes, and they're getting pushed around out there. Like, Serge Ibaka can, can push Giannis around. He really can. He's yeah. that strong. He's – I don't know where that was whenever they played each other in the regular season because those games were boring as all hell, both – all those games that they played against each other. Well, I tried to tell y'all because y'all Seven both Milwaukee. I still think that, Milwaukee. You still think Milwaukee. Josh, do you? Yeah, if they win game six, I think it's over. But um, I think even even with this, like Toronto's obviously in the driver's seat, but like the Bucks have their hands on the steering wheel. Yeah, know? I'm trying not to get too cocky because I feel really good because I've been pretty pretty adamant about Toronto probably the a little after the All-Star break when I mean, you guys, for good reason, moving towards the Milwaukee train. No doubt, but I think that Milwaukee at this point is, I mean, they've, the scoring has been so poor throughout both these last games, and they're just not going to shoot that badly for that much longer. Like, they're going to come alive. They may in Toronto, but probably not in their home court again. Yeah, that was rough. Their half-court offense has been bad. It's been really so bad. bad. The reason for that is... Honestly, the reason for that is Giannis. Like their half court offense is built upon Giannis getting double teamed and making the right pass. Right, mm-hmm. Giannis isn't yet seen in this game or in, or in this series. He's not doing a good job of making the pass before it's going to happen. If you watch, there's a highlight, and I I wish I could post it for you guys, but there's a highlight that you'll see Kobe Bryant's um, court vision. It's a pick and roll, and he watches the pick and roll happen. So I think it's Bynum comes up and sets a pick for him. And before he even takes a dribble, he watches the guy, not that's going to guard him and that's going to hedge over the top. He watches the guy that's going to guard the roll on Bynum. And the guy takes one step towards the lane. He immediately makes the pass to the corner, and it's a wide-open corner three. Like, he reads the play before it's going to happen. Giannis has gotten by all year by getting a double team and then making the pass. He needs to see the double team before it's coming to him, making the pass. And it might not end up in an open shot at that moment, but he has to trust his teammate to make that second pass. So I want to see a little bit better job from Giannis at not turning the ball over because they have three people in front of him, making the pass to the corner and letting that guy work it around the edge. Um, I think that really for their half-court offense to go, Giannis needs to be a little bit faster in his decision-making. No doubt. Yeah, he hasn't been great. He's been good, but he hasn't been great. He hasn't been MVP or a first-team All-NBA level. He needs a little more help, though, a little more support. Chris Middleton's been up and down. He's, he had a couple good games. Eric Bledsoe's been terrible. terrible. Rick Lopez has been up and down. Miritich has not been good. Uh, Brogdon was bad at the end of the game yesterday. I mean, he just needs a little more help. Because that we what have we been raving about all year? This is a better team. They're the best team. They have the most depth. Toronto's bench and their depth has been playing better in these last three games by a mile. By a, yeah. Like, yeah, it's not even close, really. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet is playing amazing. Also, Middleton, who I've raved about the entire year, has been sucking. If you take away the game that he went off for game right. four, you take, that, you take that game away, he's averaging nine points per game on 31, 24, 75 splits. Cool. Oh, God oh, almighty. That's, that's terrible. Funny. Josh does not approve of those numbers. I do not approve. I don't approve numbers. of those numbers either. <laughs> those numbers are terrible. Yeah. 
I, that's worse than I thought it would have been. Eric, you give me Eric Bledsoe's split. I'll talk while you pull that up because Eric Bledsoe's split is absolutely garbage. But and I was raving about how great of a uh, I was. I really thought they got a pretty good deal on that contract four for like 70 or 72 and now it's kind of like oh shit well maybe he's good for the regular season but i don't know if he can play in the playoffs it's funny that you say that kyle but uh jason had the exact same take on perpetually correct whenever we were recording that the other day and he said the exact same thing that this uh that contract was an absolute steal and i told him the other day i was like you curse that guy straight into goddamn <laughs> hell because he hasn't made a shot in the goddamn playoffs yet he played like 18 minutes or 19 minutes the other day and i'm just like oh my god it's sad yeah you can't have him on the court he's too much of a liability he's playing uh, stupid good defense though like he, he is, is a hell of a he defender all NBA first team defense yeah he got first team defense this year which uh we'll get to that I'll we'll get to that. Him, but um yeah for the for the five for this year or this um He's looking at 10.6 points on 28, 15, and 79. Good Lord. Wow. Um, that's horrible. Averaging four, three, and 1.8 turnovers. Um, Do you guys – Playing really good defense. Um, they're going to need their bench to step up, which going back to Toronto, I don't see that happening. Giannis is going to have to get them through Toronto. And if it goes back to Milwaukee, that's when the bench and that's when the role players come in, and it's going to be it's going to be a Milwaukee uh, win if, they, if it goes back to Milwaukee, I think. Okay, so we, we can wrap up the conference. I got two more f- questions for you, and we'll we'll take our time here. So, one, what's your what's your so what's your final prediction? You guys both have Boston in five, so I just want to point out <laughs> that there's a good chance after this series, I'm going to be tied with Justin and up one on Josh. So the yeah. tables have drastically turned. But okay, okay, wait, uh, but I thought that the Boston in five wasn't a real prediction. Or not, excuse me, not Boston in five. You both had Milwaukee in five. Oh, My okay. Apologies. Yeah, this series, you both had Milwaukee in five, and I had Toronto in, in seven. So, are you guys both going Milwaukee and seven here? Yes. I'm going to give you a chance at redemption. Go yeah, I, I actually was tempted to take Milwaukee in five, but I took them in six. Um, yeah, I'm taking. Six, yeah, I'm taking them in taking them in seven. Um, here, I still think it's just one game away from um, Milwaukee being good. Okay. Yep. Um, here's what I will say: Paul Pierce declared the series over against Boston, or for Boston, Milwaukee went went on to win three straight. Paul Pierce declared the series over for Toronto and Toronto went on to win three straight. So I need Paul Pierce to declare the series over for Boston for, <laughs> for, for Milwaukee so that uh, <laughs> they can knock out these next two games here. Um, Come on, Paulie. So if you're listening, <laughs> so, Paul, please. <laughs> Come on, Paul. All right. Final question on the Eastern Conference Finals. This is just more so around. I think we all were under the in agreement. Agreeance. I know Josh and I were, and I think you were part of this, Justin, that the end of the regular season, going into these playoffs, we thought Giannis was the best player in the NBA. Correct. And I chose Harden as my MVP. Do you still feel that way right now? Like, his ceiling is probably still the highest. I think I could I could get around on that. But I don't think he's the best player in the NBA based on what I've seen in these last couple of rounds. Does that mean that you would take Harden over him? Is that what you're saying? <sighs> oh. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, is that, like... No, well, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying I would take KD, Kawhi, and LeBron if it's like a three-year stretch. If you're just saying just for a franchise, KD or Kawhi over him because of their uh, playoff performances. They're also the older and in their prime. Their franchise? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Kawhi so, for sure. Yeah. Um, Giannis is the MVP this year. If I'm trying to win this year, like who's the best player in the league this year? KD or Kawhi are above him. Yeah, but if that's I'm my the question. Franchise, Not, yeah. yeah. So let me rephrase my question. Who's the best player currently? Because we will and make sure 
make sure I'm right, Josh. You thought Giannis is the best player in the NBA at the end of the season, right? Yeah, I did. I agree Who with that. Who do you think he is right now? Um, sure feels like you could make the case for Kawhi. Yeah, Kawhi, I think you put. Kawhi I would probably work. take. I would probably take Kawhi or honestly LeBron. Um, I've slid Giannis back to four. Yeah, yeah, I know. The reason why I'm really hesitant to take Kawhi is because he doesn't make the players around him better. Um, he's the best defender in the league. Best one-on-one defender in the league. Best defender of all he's time. the best scorer. Uh, it's between him and KD. He's one of the two best scorers on the, in the league. Um. So, but he doesn't make the players around him better. Giannis does make the players around him better. So does LeBron. I think KD does to an extent as well. Giannis only does when he gets double teams. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think he does. I think KD does more than more so than Kawhi. Not as much okay. as KD or, or not as much as LeBron or uh, Giannis does. But I would I would take franchise Giannis this year. Kawhi MVP Giannis. Cool. I, I can get with that, Justin. I don't have quick, any problem you- with that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Okay, cool. So let's uh, let's talk. And, oh, by the way, and I'm sticking I'm sticking my Toronto in seven. I'm gonna let Milwaukee win this road game, and then Toronto surprise you double OT in Milwaukee for Game Seven. What a call! All right, no, I'm just, I don't give a shit as long as Toronto wins. Let's so go. I can talk shit. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, let's. Y'all want to talk all NBA? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, this is one of the uh, few years that I'm. I think the AP actually did a pretty good job here. Yeah, I. My only complaint is always with my only complaint is always with the defensive player of the year, which will, or the uh, you know defensive team NBAs, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I always feel like they put a lot of thought into like the first team and the second team really falls off quickly. But we'll, yeah. we'll get there in a second. I agree. Yeah. Agree yeah. Overall, I agree with everything. So I'll tell you what I don't agree with, and there's there's I have three discrepancies, two that I'm really passionate about. I love Russell Westbrook. It's a regular season award, and I get that. So he averaged a triple-double. Team finished in the sixth seed. I would put Clay in it on the third team over over Russ. Yeah. Or is it just crazy to not have a guy that had a triple-double on at least the third team? Yeah, that's so hard. Um, Dude, yeah. I, I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. I would put Clay in. He's just – Russ was a really good defender this year. So that that may be the edge, but I, I would put Clay in there, and then I'll just I'll let you guys go. I'll, I'll, I want to give you my other two discrepancies. I really think I really think KD should be in there over Paul George just because of how Paul George finished the season. If this was the first fifty eight games, hundred percent Paul George is in there and maybe MVP conversation. I would swap KD and Paul George, and I feel pretty strong about that. The other one that I'm kind of like, eh, it could go either way, but I personally would swap Joel Embiid and Jokic. Because it's a regular season mm. award. Yeah, I I just think that Embiid struggled to stay on the court a good amount. Yeah, the not enough I games for me isn't, it. isn't yeah. as big of a deal for me as it is, clearly is for these guys. That's you my only swap, problem with that. I feel like I would swap Kyrie for Clay. No, no way. Yeah, Dude, Kyrie, I'd put Kyrie I'd put no. Clay a year, man. No, I, I, Josh, I, I'm with you 100, percent but. I was, and then I like looked at Kyrie. Actually, had one of his best seasons ever. Yeah, I I still don't think that you can like say that this this player Clay averaged twenty five points a game okay. on almost fifty forty. Then let's take but, away the Clay comparison because I think Clay should be on one of these teams wherever he falls. Uh-huh. Put him in the second team. I would then slide Kyrie down and take Russ out or Kimball. 
That's fine. Probably, I'd probably take Kemba out in that case. Oof. Yeah, I would, I would drop Kemba before Russ probably just because of the triple double thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, drop down Kyrie to the set to the third team. Put Clay in the second team, is what I would do. Um, I think they got you know 13, 14, probably fourteen of the players right in my opinion. You know. Here's what I also would do. I would get rid of this forward guard center thing. And just have the best because this is a positionless best basketball. Yeah, yeah, best five maybe have best center in there. I think you will. Well, I think center is not have at least, enough love. I think I'm just good with guards, big men, and yeah. you have to you have to have two or three of the other. So it could be two guards, three big men, or uh, three guards, two big men, and just run it like that. But I want three guards and two big men. Okay, I'm so gonna call. I'm, I'm gonna call. So, and if you're in the small forward category, you're a guard. So I'm so looking. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Basically yeah, guards, wings, and then big men, and then four okay. fives. That's what I would do. So I'm looking at the votes, and Clay had zero votes for first team, three votes for second team, 18 votes for third team, and 27 for fourth team. Good mm. Lord. That's crazy to me. And Bradley yeah. Beal had no votes for first, one vote for second. Oh, sorry, the last one, not 14, but total. So, um, so he had one vote for uh, second team and two vote, or sorry, thirty-one for second team. So that's so Bradley Beal had more votes for third team than Clay did. I actually forgot about Bradley Beal. I he had a heck of a year, man. Dude, was, I think you can take Kimba off of this list. I just looked at his stats. He averaged twenty-six and six, which is great. But he shot forty-three point four percent from the field. He did play all eighty-two games and shot thirty-six percent from three. That's pretty good, but. I think Kimba's the droppable guy here over Russ now that I look at it. That's what I think, too. Yeah. So, the question is Clay or, or Bradley Beal. I just think that the fact that Clay was on the one seed and Bradley Beal was on the 11 seed in the worst conference, is the that's the difference to me right there. Yeah, Bradley, that's tough to have somebody that's that's that, like an, an 11 seed in an all-NBA. That's really tough. It's, he was carrying that team, but – um. Can I make he a, had a heck of a year. He go really ahead, did. Or go ahead, Justin. Can I make a proposal? There are three people that voted for Dwayne Wade. Could we take those uh, credentials away from those three people and That's give them to us? Terrible. That give them to us. We should have votes here. Give those three yeah, to NBA. us. That's the AP, too. Yeah. yeah, that's not like fan vote. That's not like the All-Star team. Right, it's these the are tenured sports writers. Good Lord. Almighty. That's bad. Yeah. yeah, take those away. Give them to us. We'll do something useful with them. Yeah. Aside from those guys, overall, good job, AP, though. I, I, I like this list for the most part. They clearly aren't favoring winning as much as they used to, though, with, you know, guys like Kimba getting on there. But that's cool. Um, it's not crazy huge for me either. What do y'all think about the all defensive teams? These are these are the ones I, to, I, I agree with Justin. I think that people don't – the AP specifically – don't understand what they're looking at um, on the defensive end. And so what ends up happening is with the MVP, you have voter fatigue. So you have like LeBron's only won it, what, four times in his career when really he should have won it about 13 times in his career, right? Um, Derek Rose won it one time when LeBron was way superior. Nobody really wanted to vote for Kobe. But with, with these defensive player of the years, what you have is you have three times Dwight Howard, three times Alonzo Mourning, three times like Tim Duncan never won it. 
Tim Duncan never won a defensive uh, MVP. That's crazy. That so, is insane. I, yeah, that's crazy. And you see this ex- this exact same thing, I think, in the first team, second team, and third team. Um, let me pull – let's take a look at it. Kyle, do you have it? Can you Tim read it Duncan, off? Tim Duncan made the – just real quick, the first team all NBA six out of seven years. How could he not be the yeah. – you're tim duncan for christ's sakes really so I'll, I'll read it's just first and second team uh listeners for the defensive team so uh first team is rudy gobert paul george Giannis, marcus smart and eric bledsoe i have a few qualms there we'll get to that they yeah, did a lot of shit second great. team drew holiday clay thompson joel Embiid, draymond and Kawhi. The second team would absolutely whoop the first team that has in their game of basketball, by the way. Uh, I know that's not the exercise here, but maybe I have to look at the, like, advanced metrics for the defensive statistics. But I believe that the second team has better defenders for my eyeball test on it. Actually, I I definitely believe that. Of this year, right? For sure. I mean, just Kawhi Leonard, Paul George is, like, one of my favorite players, and I've told you how great of a – Defender, I think he is. Kawhi Leonard is a better defender than Paul George. Drew Holiday, yeah. maybe not as much. Clay is better than Marcus Smart or Eric Bledsoe to me. Marcus Smart has that like football style player, like kind of right. old yeah. school throwback, kind of a bully Factor type player. To- I know Josh loves Giannis and thinks he's one of the best help defensive players in the league, and he and he is. But so is Draymond. Those guys are kind of a wash to me. Uh, Bledsoe or uh, Embiid and Gobert. Mm. Gobert is pretty solid. I still just like the second team a little bit more. I don't hate that like, take, I would, honestly. I would put Clay on the first team for sure, and I think I would put Kawhi on the first team also. Yeah, but it's easy to say that now. No, I mean, I, I said in a podcast on the regular season that I thought Kawhi was the best defender of all time, on-ball defender. I don't hate that take, though. No. Like, he's like Scotty Pippen, but a 7'3 wingspan and stronger yeah much stronger and healthy like how is wingspan the same as Giannis's? that's my second time to bring that up but i just don't get it like there was a dunk he had like he's clearly injured siakam like threw a lob to him and he just like he didn't want to y- yam it on him so he caught it came back down and i thought he was gonna lay it up because he jumped like six inches off the ground and he just slammed it <laughs> <laughs> that dude can touch rim without jumping yeah yeah ridiculous I mean, six seven which isn't like you know an super abnormally tall person it's fucking crazy that's what i'm telling you that's gonna be slept on more this summer than it should be as far as coverage goes his arms are a big deal um i think what ends up happening um whenever whenever you're looking at these all nba teams is that these ap player ap uh voters just look at the stats and so what you end up happening is Eric Bledsoe over Clay Thompson. Anybody that watches those two play knows that Clay Thompson is a way better defender than Eric Bledsoe. But Bledsoe, Bledsoe had, yeah, Bledsoe had um, 114, 116 steals this year versus Clay's 84. Clay doesn't get any steals. He doesn't really get blocks, but he's just always just right there in your face. Well, if that's and he the makes case, stuff though, difficult. That's true. That and that's what really matters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, playing defense in the NBA because these guys are shot makers, and you just got to make it hard on them. But mm-hmm. Give me pull it up while I'm talking Russ's stats for steals for his total steals this year because I'm pretty sh- sure it was higher than Eric Bledsoe's and you can make an argument that Russ is a better defender than Eric Bledsoe because he's more athletic, he's much quicker, and he can guard more positions. He's a little yeah. taller and a little. Taller. And he I also has a better read, I think. 
Go ahead, Justin. I'm I was going to say, and all, to add to that, I think he has a better basketball IQ on the court. He reads things better. Yes. Russ Russ was the num- was the leader in stills this year. I don't know exactly what stats he he has, and I can't get that to you fast. I would make the argument that he should be better defender defender than Eric Bledsoe, but he's not. He doesn't give any type of effort. He plays the he plays the passing lanes on the defensive end, and he tries to pick up steals. He's never in position. He's always ball watching. He's a bad defender. He should be better, and he does have a better defensive mind, but he doesn't put in any effort on the defensive end. Mm, um, that I, changes here in my eyes. Do what? That changed this year. Um, it, it looked pretty pretty darn similar to me. Uh, just watching him all year, it looked in like the playoffs. He, it was really bad. Yeah, um, the playoffs were a microcosm of what he did all year. Where he, he just he just played the passing lanes and you sit there and ball watch and wait for the guy to not look and then go get a steal. Um, Paul George was third, I think, in steals, and he actually got those steals from being on the ball and and using active hands. He didn't get steals yeah. from an errant pass, you know? Russ had uh, 137 steals. Yeah, he led the league in steals. Um, he finished with two first-team votes, five second-team votes, and uh, nine total points, um, sure. whereas Clay finished with, I think, two total points for one second-team vote or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Or no, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, hold on. No, I'm sorry. Uh, I was thinking about someone else that – I was looking at, but sorry, go ahead. Chris Middleton. That's who I was thinking of. Chris Middleton would finish with one second place vote. Um, I, there's no, not a doubt in my mind that Chris Middleton's a better defender to me than, than Russell Westbrook. Yeah, that's true. And Eric that take. Yeah. But he doesn't get steals. So. <laughs> yeah, but he makes good players shoot 38%. Like right. that's- yeah, ex- exactly. And that's what I'm saying is the AP. I, I think the AP just looks at these two stats blocks and steals and goes, no, yeah, let's go. Let's go with this guy. Yeah. Yep. That's very true. Let's let's talk about the all rookie team, man. This uh I heard a great stat on this. The top five players taken in this year's draft were the first team all in uh all rookie team. That's so, fantastic. Good job, GMs. They actually hit that. Uh the only one I would switch, I think it's all I think this is all really accurate. The only one I would maybe swap, well, no, because Trey Young's stats are really good. I'd rather have Shea Gilgis Alexander than Trey Young over the next eight years, but Trey Young's stats were they really he got hot at the end of the year. Yeah, he yeah. had a hell of an electric second half for sure. Mm-hmm. It's like six six guys that are really long and have, you know, a decent stroke and can find open guys and play great defense and and guard multiple positions where you know Trey Young is my height and like 170 pounds and it's literally statistically or advanced metrics wise the worst defender in the NBA. The worst perimeter defender in the NBA. Trey Young is. Yeah. Trey Young makes the worst sense. I'm already going to tell you that Dallas, and especially with the way that these picks fell, they fleeced Atlanta with getting Doncic. Also, he kind of looks like Matt Barnes and a Cabbage Patch Kid had a love child. Dude, that's great. That's super accurate. It really is. Um, that's good. I was kind of, I, I kind of, I was kind of disappointed that DeAndre Ayton had fought or had a vote for second team rather than the first team. That guy just had one of the seven most efficient big man series freshman years of all time. Yeah, yeah but he, he had, had a like great year. And 10, 17 and 10, something yeah, like his that. shooting percentage was like sixty three or sixty four percent. It was crazy with seventeen and ten double double. It was like Shaq esque uh, rookie year. So too bad he plays um, for Arizona. Yeah, I mean that's a big deal. If you uh, if you had one guy to take on here though, you still take Luca though, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I like, think he's not that, even really close to me, and I think I think 
Luca is head and heels above everyone, and then there's a small drop off to to uh, DeAndre and Jaron Jackson Jr. And then I think Marvin Bagley's below that. Trey Young's below that. I, th- I agree with Jackson, JJJ are all star levels to me. I would probably slot. Uh, swap Bagley, Bagley and Triple J. Move now. The, so the difference there, Bagley came on really strong and he's a great offensive rebounder. But JJJ is a way better defender. Like Bagley's defense is an issue, and JJJ's. Uh, I don't know why you don't say Triple J. It's just a little easier. His three pointer, it just looks more natural. It and definitely does. Stretch, stretch big. I, I'll be interested to see what Bagley looks like in year two because I think they've got something brewing there in Sacramento. And that's the first oh, yeah. time we've been yeah. able to say Bring that. Luke, Walt- Luke Walton in. Yeah. I think that's a great move. Triple J to me could look like Giannis. He has the physique for it. Um, it all just depends on his ability. Like, cause he, he has the physique and, and the speed for it. It just, it depends on the strength. He has a better shot than Giannis already. A better three point shot than Giannis already. Um, but he, he, he looks really good to me and I'm really excited about his future in particular. Cause I think he goes under the radar for a lot of people. No doubt. What else have we got award-wise? Uh, just last thing I want to share. Last time the five first picks were taken uh, as the first team All-NBA, there was only a first team back then. It was 84-85. That team consisted of Charles Barkley, Michael Jordan, and Hakeem. Yeah. Whole yeah, pretty cow. good. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> got, got that one right, fellas. Yeah. Hindsight's pretty decent on that one. Oh, dude. But I love we, that. Wait, you said that was the top five so that – uh, what was the guy's name? Bowie. Something? Sam Bowie was on there. Yeah, Sam Bowie was on there. He was in. Yeah. Okay. What and, did he... uh, it was? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam Bowie and Sam Perkins were the other two guys on there. Wow. So, dude, these have historically been pretty bad, though. It's really funny looking at these mid two thousands. I don't want to go on this too long, but yeah, Drew Good- Drew Gooden and Nene Hilario were on the O two team. <laughs> Dude, we need to do that's something else we can do this summer. We need to do a deep dive back into some of those historical. Dude, just clown these. Dude, yeah, we definitely. Down. There's some Fucking definitely problems. some great stuff to look back on there. We're going to hit some of that stuff this summer. I can't wait. Raymond Felton was on this list. <laughs> Gun toting Raymond Felton. I love it. <laughs> All right. Belly Raymond Felton, man. That guy gives me faith I can play. He's awesome, man. All right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up. I think we'll be back, what, in a couple of days once we get into the swing of. When does the final start? We got another couple days, right? One. No, it's good. Go ahead. I think it's next I'm, Saturday, right? Oh, we still got another week. Yeah. I guess yeah, because we, I mean, we, yeah, we got we the we got Raptors tomorrow, right? Yep. And yeah. So May thirtieth is the, I think the earliest it would start. Yeah, okay, it, it would depend on uh, whether the Raptors win tomorrow night or not. One really quick thing I want to bring us back to, um, just to kind of show our listeners why LeBron is still kind of up there in the numbers. Last year in the playoffs, so this year, uh, Kawhi is averaging 31, 8, and 4 on 50, 40, 88 splits. Last year in the playoffs, LeBron averaged 32, 9, and 8 on 41, 62, 70 splits. Hmm. So, like, yeah, isn't that crazy? I just saw that stat, but why is number two? It just doesn't feel like that, but that just comes with expectations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, boys. All right, guys. We'll, we'll be we'll back see how this here. And, up. Yeah, we'll be back here. I guess we'll probably do it then after the series ends up. I, I would think, right? Yep. We'll do it after the Eastern Conference uh, finishes up, and then before the final start, and uh, we'll get our predictions and try to have some surprises in the bag for you. Yeah, definitely. Can't wait. All right, boys. See you next week. See you, guys. Later, guys.